0: the marriage comeback podcast
1: and we're on episode five and we did skip a week
0: we did and we apologize you know this this has been harder than we thought because of timing and filming we have four kids who are all involved and we have sports every night we both work full-time
1: and our one day of like recording and stuff. If, if we don't feel great and don't feel like we want to do it, we don't. So,
0: so anyways, that's what happened. We're going to try to be more on top of it, but it's important to us that when we do film, we have good energy and can give you guys the best of us. So
1: yeah, but we, we we try not to skip, but unfortunately we did, but thank you for staying with us. And if this is your first episode, um, listening, welcome Uh, first off welcome second off i do suggest and recommend uh, going back and listening to episodes one through four um because it will make a lot more sense to what we're talking about and discussing Mm -hmm. if you have listened to those to those previous episodes yes what are we going to talk about today so today we're going to talk about how to have hard conversations
0: how to have arguments and disagreements in your relationship which is a skill that needs to be learned. And when we, we had been married for 10 years before our stuff went down and we had to relearn how to do this.
1: Yeah. if you don't know how to do it, there can be some very hurtful, um, damaging conversations that you will both regret. Yeah. And, uh, if you learn how to, I guess, if you learn how to have difficult conversations and have difficult, um, arguments, um, the better it can be for your relationship.
0: Yeah. And sometimes arguments are big and sometimes they're small. Sometimes they might seem not important to one party, but it's important to be able to handle them maturely, talk through them, validate each other's feelings and move forward. And this is also such a good skill to learn in all of your relationships, just not your romantic partner relationship.
1: For sure, work, friends, family, work, friends, kids, family, neighbors, yeah, energy, church, <laughs> all
0: of it. It's not fun to have these dark conversations.
1: I mean, years, you know, later, seven, eight years later, we still have difficult conversations that we need to have, and.
0: And we still use these tools that we have learned. So that's what we're going to talk about today so that we can help you guys hopefully on your journey as well with your relationships. So the biggest thing is you always want your partner to feel seen, heard and loved. And it might be hard if you are going through something like we went through, um, where one person has betrayed the other and it's really hurtful for me. I had to be kind of put in my place a little bit with um, my bishop and my therapist telling me, you know, he's not a bad person because he made a mistake. Like that was kind of a hurdle that I had to, because I was so angry, <laughs> you know, to, to really just because somebody made a mistake, it does not mean that they're a bad person and that you can label them that way. And They deserve respect as well. And to, if I I chose to decide to stay and work on our relationship, so I made that choice, so I need to, we are a team and we're working together, not against each other,
1: which I think was huge for, for me that finally, not finally, but when you were (laughs) able to really come to the conclusion that we were working together on our marriage, on our children, on our, um, parenting, on our relationship that we were working together on it. Um, that, that really helped me.
0: Um, And that was, I feel like when our change and our growth, like when we were able to start and accelerate is when I got to that point where I was like, okay, you know, we've done the disclosure and the full transparency and all of that stuff. And you know, I have, got a lot of what I needed to say out, you know, um, and now there comes a point where you have to choose to move forward. You can't just stay there. Like, let's move forward together and make this happen. And what really helped me, um, when I was struggling was trying to see you through Christ's eyes. And I thought of Christ when he was on this earth, He was always walking with the sinners. He was always in the dirt. And he wasn't up in the temple all the time with the perfect people, the wealthy people. He was down on his knees, helping people with the sinners, showing them that they are valued and loved. And I think of Christ and his going to find that lost sheep, right? Like he is going to go find that one. He wants him to work through his sins and to come back and to be forgiven. And he wants nothing more than that. So I, when I was able to see you through Christ's eyes, that was really big.
1: I think that was the, one of the biggest parts of kind of our growth is when you, I mean, you really, you really had a hard time, you know, early on, you know, forgiving me and getting, you know i wouldn't say past it but getting kind of through it and i remember having that conversation with you and you when you told me that you were like i i'm feeling a lot a lot better i um, am understanding the atonement a little bit more i'm understanding forgiveness a little bit more and when you said what you just said to me about seeing your imperfection seeing you through through christ's eyes um, I think that was a huge step in our relationship. I think, yeah, I mean, it was huge for me. I know hearing it from you, but I, you know, you, you hearing it that way, um, I, I believe helped you as well yeah. in our, in our growth. Um,
0: and I think so if you're struggling with your partner, you know, really try to see each other, um, that way. And that can help as you're going into these hard conversations
1: because you're you if you've both committed on, on working through this together, you're, you're a team. Yeah. You're, you're a team at that point. Yes. It is not easy. There's a long road ahead, but you have both decided to work on this as, as a team. So going and, into and this, I, I
0: hadn't forgiven you yet either. And I, and I was working towards that, you know, and we will do an episode on forgiveness, but it did help to get to this point for us.
1: For sure. And those hard conversations, just those got better and better. Um, what hard conversations can, can people expect?
0: Well, we talked about triggers last week. So obviously when you're feeling triggered, your emotions are high.
1: Always. Is. That's a hard conversation. Every yes. time a trigger comes up.
0: Always. Um, parenting. When you have a parenting or financial stuff or. Um,
1: Sometimes schedules don't align. I'm late from work. I'm late from this mm-hmm. place. I'm late for that.
0: It was interesting in <laughs> our group therapy. I remember what were the things that they said? If you are struggling with your marriage, don't do these things move. Oh. It was like, move,
1: move with one. There was one, have a else. child,
0: have a baby, change a job, like certain things that are stressful
1: Try to. for a
0: normal relationship. That isn't struggling.
1: Just try to avoid those if you can, because hard conversations are any, anything from, you know, just little basic things to major things. And obviously the, the more major they get, the more difficult they are. So that's why they say those, They're I mean, like think about those so decisions.
0: So we can teach you a little bit more and you can kind of get your emotions together. Let's not add another layer on top of it.
1: Well, yeah. Think about the decisions of going into a house, babies, finances. Like those aren't, those yeah. aren't, those aren't easy conversations without yeah. kind of dealing with, uh, you know, some, some things inside the the relationship. So hard conversations, um, here, we are going to go through, we're going to go through, um, some tips.
0: We learned about this thing called the drama triangle.
1: I, I hated learning about this because I realized that I loved being in it.
0: Yes. And so this totally helps us when we are in a hard conversation with each other, with anybody else.
1: I, I work at I work when I've had a conversation, I'm like, Ooh, I'm acting like this yeah. person or I'm okay. acting like that person. <laughs> okay. Exactly.
0: So that drama triangle is a triangle. And so there's three people in the triangle. Okay. Oh
1: No, three types of three people. types on yeah. each point.
0: Yeah. Okay. So one side is the rescuer. They like to save people. Um, that they think are vulnerable, okay, they work hard to offer help, even if it's unsolicited. Like they're gonna give you your two cents, mm-hmm. their two cents no matter what. So they're the rescuer.
1: Um, and then the persecutor, unaware of their own power. Um, they're the attacker usually. Um, the power is negative and very destructive
0: and then the last point is the victim and they feel overwhelmed by vulnerability they like to blame everybody else about the situation they don't take any responsibility of themselves so you have these three different people in, or traits in and the, you can bounce around
1: oh yeah you're not you're not the victim every time in a conversation you are not the persecutor every time in the conversation in the conversation, you can go from a victim to a
0: persecutor. In, yes, at the in the same argument, you can move from one to the other. Um, but knowing what like your main one is, and then kind of like what you go to next as yourself, that is a huge thing to know.
1: So understanding these these roles are are quite important. So I want to dive a little a little bit deeper into each. Um, just if you're sitting there listening and you're like, oh, what, what am I usually want? let us dive just a, and, a little deeper. Yeah.
0: And the whole goal of the drama triangle is to not be in the drama triangle at all. And the persecutor, the victim and the rescuer rescuer are going to try to bring you in the drama triangle. And your goal is to not be in it.
1: Yes. And, and the reason why people, we need drama. We need drama in our life to it. We fuel on, on drama. It's like
0: a natural human thing for yeah. us too.
1: We're used to, to gossiping, to mo- moaning and complaining. We love to blame, um, until you realize how hurtful that is, and you know, the way of, of how it is, you know, the cost of living like that and having those conversations um, with Cost all, of with living others. with
0: all of that internal drama instead of looking inwards at yourself and figuring out you,
1: understanding your partner and being able to work through that. Yeah. So we're just a, a little deeper on, on these three a rescuer is someone who often does not own their vulnerability and seeks instead to rescue those whom that are vulnerable. Um, the traits of a rescuer is that they often do more than 50% of the work, um, that they may offer help. That's unasked nice, kind of like you just said, um, they're there to, rescuer but Um, then they
0: feel resentful and used and they kind of like
1: hold on to it
0: hold on to that inside of themselves like they they want to help
1: at a cost
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah exactly um the persecutor um the the position of a persecutor is is synonymous with being unaware of one's own power and therefore discounting it way the power uses negative like i said destructive um any player in the game may at any time be experienced as a persecutor so we like like we talked about you can go you can bounce you know all all around um but the persecutor is is malicious um destructive
0: they're like the attacker they're the loud they're the confrontation they're the you know I feel like they're the ones that like word vomit and they don't know how to they
1: feel safe by hurting others mm-hmm. and putting down others. The victim is someone who usually feels overwhelmed by their own sense of vulnerability, inadequacy, or powerlessness and does not take responsible for themselves uh, or their own power and therefore looks for a rescuer to take care of them. Getting out of the drama tra- triangle uh, means at some point the victim may feel let down by their rescuer. Um, I mean, I, I used to be this a lot. I, I feel like you think that I'm more of a persecutor, um, in, in a lot of our, conversations. I think at the
0: beginning of our marriage, yes, you were more of the persecutor because I felt like when we would argue, I would get really quiet and you know how to push buttons and the thing with a persecutor is you can move on from a conversation, but like, I never forget what was said. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can forgive and I can move on The forgive and forget. It's hard to forget some of those mean things a persecutor can say to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I remember early on in our our marriage, you were like, you're, you're so good at pushing buttons and you're so good at finding things to hurt. And that hurt me knowing that, like you thought like that was, was
0: and you was good would get, at that. And you would get frustrated when I would be quiet, you know, like it's like you wanted to hash it out and and I did the silent treatment, which that's very toxic and unhealthy. So yeah, we both have had to put in a lot of work in this.
1: Yeah, and as of, as of today, I mean, I can immediately know the drama triangle
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I've learned about it, I'm understanding it, and it is, it's pretty apparent when you are getting pulled into the triangle or, or you're actually in it, um, the, hard, the hard thing is getting out of it.
0: The hard thing is regulating your own emotions to look inward at yourself. So, taking those deep breaths and being like, okay, what am I feeling right now? Have I, how am I affecting this conversation? What is my part in this hurt or whatever we might be discussing? And taking ownership of that but also having boundaries. So we'll do another episode on boundaries, but in the drama triangle, if you have unhealthy boundaries, that's how people drag you into the drama triangle and you creating healthy boundaries um, helps you stay out of it. So for example, you know, maybe you need a little bit of time and space to process your feelings. So, it just expressing to your partner, whoever you're in the triangle with or a hard conversation with. I'm feeling a lot of big emotions right now. I need a little bit of space. I would love to revisit this conversation maybe in 2 hours or I'll call you tonight or can we talk about this tomorrow morning?
1: Yes, you're right, you're absolutely right. It is it is understanding. It is that but but one thing that I uh, one word that we haven't used yet in these conversations that I know when we were taking notes, was a was a big word that we haven't used is is being mature. Yes, is being going into this conversation maturely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you go into it and you're you haven't you know thought about it and you're just going into this con conver- this hard conversation and you're not mature about it, you don't you know you aren't open to this conversation. It can get out of hand fast, and you're in the drama triangle right away but going into it maturely and understanding where this conversation needs to go i think is absolutely vital
0: yes and we're going to give you some tips on how to stay out of the drum triangle
1: or to get out of it
0: or to get out when you're in it
1: (laughs) so we are going to give some steps um on tips steps tips bullet points Things, whatever you want to call, whatever you want to, call <laughs> it to, to refer back to um that can that can help you in these hard conversations um and then you think they're going to be elementary answers they're they're not um when you're in the heat of the moment when you're in the heat of a, a tough you know discussion conversation whatever whatever you uh whatever you want to call it these are some steps and we use these
0: we now. still struggle
1: with some of them too for sure number one responding and communicating maturely just kind of like i just explained responding and communicating maturely um some some notes on that is is take a deep breath and try to stay calm which i do every single day and this isn't with kelly this is work this is when I'm in my car, you know, stressed out, or when I am you know I'm going to go into a conversation that I don't love, um, taking deep breaths uh, and, and staying calm. I think this is probably one of the biggest ones um, here with being mature is avoid attacking, being defensive and, uh, you know, blaming language. I was and I'm kind of still in the king of defensive
0: defense defense
1: yeah and and kelly will just gladly tell me
0: okay well here's the thing if i come to you and express like hey that hurt my feelings when such and such happened and you immediately turn it against me
1: it's defensive and it and it totally and it totally eliminates one of the other steps and we'll, we'll get into that, but, um, attacking and defensive and and blaming language can, can get you. That's like
0: manipulative, right? It's manipulating. It's pushing it off of you.
1: Listen, you know, listen actively being attentive, um, avoid making assumptions until there's until it's, you know, clarifying. Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's the first, the first step.
0: Yeah. Okay. The second step was huge for me. Body language. Body language during an argument speaks so much louder than words to me. If I'm we're having a conversation and you're not facing me and your arms are folded and like I say something and you roll your eyes, but yet you're telling me everything I want to hear, like, I love you. Roll my eyes, throw my head back, right? that is such a mixed signals
1: <laughs> you you are you definitely are attentive on body, on, on body language like
0: i get i'm like well you, you sound like you're saying the right things like you sound like this but like, i don't feel it where's my
1: like where's my hug i'm yeah. like okay but I'm, I'm still focused on the conversation about <laughs> body language i, I get so so maintaining eye contact being attentive
0: like open up your body to each other each other you know don't be closed off looking away rolling your eyes um how you were just doing it with me like nodding your head and agreeing like yep. being attentive so i i understand that you are listening to what i'm saying yes.
1: right no for sure body language is is massive if you're you know not looking at each other and just the conversation is not going anywhere.
0: It's the actions speak louder than words, so it's really hard. And and when you're building back up trust, this is a huge thing, right? When you're building, working on trust, which we were, I needed the validation. I needed to believe what you were saying. But when your body language isn't mirroring what your words are saying, it's mixed feelings yeah. to me, and it's hard for me because I am already really weary and not trusting. So really focus on your body language and when you're having these conversations with your kids,
1: body language is,
0: body language is huge. They pick up on that. You need to get down on their eye level, you know, hold them for us. Like there's even like safe touching where it would be just like, yeah, like hand on the leg or holding hands or something.
1: Um, number three is using the, I feel statements i feel instead of using the word you it's i feel and you're really good at this and when we get into these these conversations or if something's off or if something's going on you're you're very good at, at letting me know through the i feel statements of how kelly is doing um which is which is really good and then i usually get defensive but i'm working on it <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm working on it but this is using the, the the i the so i feel what does I'm that feeling mean, right? If it's opening a hard
0: up conversation. What does that mean? It's,
1: it's opening up You're you're explaining your feelings in a non hurtful attacking way.
0: Yeah. So much of a hard conversation is based on delivery, how you say it, your tone. Right. So instead of me being like, you didn't take the trash out, you're whatever. I say, you know, it hurt my feelings.
1: That you didn't listen to
0: me. That I feel like you didn't respect me when I asked you to take out the trash. You know, that really hurt my feelings. I'm feeling a little well, sad because of that. That's just a little tiny example. Yeah, that's <laughs> obviously
1: a tiny example. But, you know, the, the the big point to avoid there is using the I feel statements yeah. to manipulate.
0: Right. Like, I feel anxious right now because I'm triggered and I feel sad that you didn't respond mm. How you know I need you to respond when I'm feeling triggered.
1: Yeah. So the I feel is and the biggest thing is both of you understand when someone is sharing the I feel statements to respect those statements. Because
0: everybody is allowed to have yeah. their feelings.
1: Correct. And that and that kind of leads into number four is validating, validating those feelings, validating the the I feel statements, validating your emotions, validating what's troubling you yeah, um
0: i hear you yes. i see how that could be offensive you know i
1: some sometimes in that in those situations i i have absolutely no idea what what kelly is going through what triggered her right then what in something so minute or small in my world at that point is not for kelly and it's it's, it's something that she needs to, to, to discuss and, and talk through. And, and if I'm sitting there just like, uh, okay, that's like the dumbest thing ever that doesn't validate, that doesn't help that all that does is close her off and, and sense her down kind of a darker hole. So,
0: and sometimes a conversation, all it needs is to be validated. Like sometimes that's all your partner needs is that validation to move forward from that. So not dismissing their feelings, but seeing them. Hearing them absolutely okay, so taking breaks is the next step. So sometimes, and we kind of talk about this with your boundaries taking breaks and coming back to revisit those
1: that those helped a lot early on,
0: yes, for both of us. Really, when we were in the thick of it, yeah. it was, um, you know, I would just get overwhelmed with stuff, and I needed like, I knew. I wasn't thinking rationally or I was so high on emotion and adrenaline and all of that, that I knew I couldn't have a mature conversation. So taking a break or, um, having a little bit of space. So sometimes that might be, you know, going to separate rooms in the house. Sometimes that might mean me going out and taking a drive.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Sometimes it
1: happened a lot and it happened a lot and it was like, okay. So that gave me time to. Prepare,
0: cool m- down,
1: myself, process
0: of feelings, mm-hmm. and as long so the difference between the silent treatment, which is manipulative, where you slam the door and you leave the house or whatever, it's just talking about it maturely. The delivery,
1: there's an understanding that there will be a discussion. Yes, just let's cool off a little bit, and when we re- return, we're both in a better place to have this discussion.
0: Yep. I need. To take a break from this right now, I'm going to go on a drive. When I come back, I will be ready to talk about it. For sure. And we always did our really hard conversations after our kids went to bed. Our kids were really little. Yep. And so, if it was a really bad conversation and really needed hash it out, we would table it till 8 p.m.
1: Which leads into number six is developing empathy and understanding your partner's needs. So, during those breaks or you know those. Those silent times—I I have my hand in quotes because it's not silent treatment—but those times that you needed that space, it was—it was you know, myself understanding. Okay, Kelly's Kelly's going through something. We're gonna have a you know, we're gonna have a discussion. I need to get, I need to get ready and prepare myself and, and understand Kelly's needs during mm-hmm. you know during that. So
0: for sure. And our last little tip that we used—we used this a lot too in the beginning was writing it out sometimes we would be in just separate rooms texting because for some reason when you write it you have to think about it yeah like you're thinking about your words before or sending an email you know the next morning after something to where you could really get your feelings processed through like
1: these are the these are the really these are the really hard but still
0: Yeah, but still even now, like you're so much better at texting than like in person communication mm-hmm. when we've had something come up. Yeah. yeah. Like he is like a poet and he doesn't even know it. He's really good with his words and like writing them. That's like I'm something that's a skill to him. And I appreciate that because and I know usually I know if we're having something and you go to work I know I'm going to be getting a beautiful text later, you know, where we can work through it. So it's just, and I know that about you. And so that helps us be able to communicate more.
1: Absolutely. And there's, there's more, there's many others that I'm sure that everyone can, can use, but these are the, these are the steps that have helped us get through arguments and and hard conversations. And we do it with our children. I do it at work. Uh, We do it with each other still. Uh, Mm -hmm. all the time um
0: it's a skill that's consistent yeah like that you need to work on consistently
1: and we love you all we appreciate you tuning in to episode five